What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every single weekday. Coming at you Monday through Fridays. Make it part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're talking Shaden Sharp. It's the first in our series of player season reviews, what I used to call exit interviews, uh, but there's no interviews. It's more like a season review, which is what we're calling them now. Look back on what Shane Sharp did in his rookie season. We'll look. Uh, we will revisit my best and worst case scenarios that are laid out way back in September of 2022. Find out where. And how close I got to kind of bracketing the bracketing sharp season with my with my preseason, uh, my like pre pre uh, pre training camp predictions about about what Sharp was going to be, and then we'll close the show talking about what he's going to be like next year. This Sharp is a is an interesting one because his ceiling is is fascinating, and his role and what the team does is 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 in fascinating and is fascinating as well, and tied to it so directly. That's what we'll do to close the show in the third segment. But first, let's let's review what Sharp did. Shane Sharp. Who entered the year at 19. It hasn't even turned 20 yet as we speak. It turns 20 in May of 2023. 19 years old, all dang season long, where in which he averaged 9.9 points, 3.0 boards, 1.2 assists on 47.2% shooting, including 36% from the three-point line and 71.5% from the free throw stripe. Uh, I think... I don't even think. I I believe Shaden Sharp's seasons are season is best understood in four distinct segments. There was questions coming into the year whether he would play. Uh, it was unclear whether he was going to be part of the rotation at the time. You have to remember that Nazir Little and Justice Winslow and Gary Payton were expected to be ready day one and ready to go. Trenton Watford was going to be on the sort of edge of the rotation. Who knows what was going to happen with Drew Eubanks, but they didn't have a center, so it was likely he was going to be there as well. It was unclear if Sharp would break into that top eight, top nine, top ten. And instead, he's in the day one rotation, scores 12 in his season, in his NBA debut against the Sacramento Kings. In those first 11 games, Shane Sharp averaged 9.4 points and 2.7 boards, shot 51.2% from the floor and 44% from three. There were moments when it was like, oh, he's 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 still not, he still doesn't really know how to play this game but he makes all of his jump shots so it doesn't matter because it, because he's just been so special. Obviously, he has a couple of huge dunk highlights in there too and he was cutting on the baseline, but he's playing off the ball, but he was he was really making jumpers. Then he fractures his finger and misses a game. He fractures his pinky finger and misses a game and there is, all of a sudden, it is, um, you know, it, it was like, oh, he's not actually going to miss time. He's, he's going to miss one game. No, he's just going to play through it and all this stuff. And then when he he returned from that, it was like he struggled. And it was part because I think the book was out on him. Like he'd played 10 games in the league, 11 games in the league. And it was like, yeah, this is how he scores. This is how he scores in the offense. This is, this is how it works. 
And then it was also just some injury stuff. Over the next 23 games, from that from from that moment in November until the new year, so I'm just pick, it's kind of cherry-picking 23 games, but until the new year, until the calendar flips to 2023, the end of December, he averaged 6.8 points, 2.3 boards on 44.5% shooting and just 30% from three. He went from making all his threes to shooting 30% from three. He was shooting bricks. That's why he didn't make, he's why he didn't end up in the rookie-sophomore game because he had such, such a brutal six weeks to close, uh, the, close the calendar year year and then when votes were due by the end of January he was he was just picking it back up but pick it back up and did he did indeed uh from that stretch the next 36 games he, he averaged 8.1 points and two and a half boards 48 and a half percent from the floor 36.2 percent from three started making threes right around league average up to his up to his field goal percentage a little bit more got his you know it's not a massive jump in scoring but from 6.8 to 8.1 with basically basically the same number of minutes that's just making shots. Just a, just a slightly better efficiency on basically the same usage. And then the season changed. Amphrey Simon's missing time. There is, um, there's going to be space for Shaden Sharp to play and play a bunch. He didn't get to play right after the All-Star break, but then at the close of the season, in 10 of the final 11 games, he starts. Uh, excuse me, I said Amphrey Simons. I meant Jeremy Grant. Like, Jeremy Grant's out. Okay, we're going to start Shaden Sharp, figure it out. In his first start against the Jazz, plays really well, scores 24, looks really good, and the Blazers are like, we're too good, we have to shut it down. Shaden Sharp's effectiveness in that lineup caused the Blazers to say, we can, this team's going to be too good. We got to get Damon Amphrey Simons out up out of the up out of the roster up up out of the rotation and just it's just going to be Shea's show and Shea's show it was indeed over the final ten games all as a starter. Shaden Sharp averaged twenty three point seven points six point one boards four point one assists and averaging under two assists for the whole season under one for most of the stretch of the season four point one assists. 46% from the floor, 37.8 from the three-point line. His efficiency stayed right where it was, even went up a little bit with a massive jump in usage, started playmaking, had uh, three consecutive games of 25, scored a career-high 30. Um, you know, the Blazers got thrashed in some of these games. I don't think it's a perfect um, perfect judge of, like, who's good, right? Uh, I don't think these tanking games necessarily, like, just if you're just box score scouting, like, if you just look at Shane's averages, right, and you say, like, okay... Well, he averaged 24-6-4 and four and shot 38% from three. It's over. Like, call, like he's, he's ready to go. Call it. I, wouldn't, I, w- I would caution you to box score scout. But you didn't box score scout. You listen to Lockdown Blazers, so you know you, you, you can see it in the games. Or at least you've heard me talk about seeing it in the games. The, 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 his growth as a decision maker, his growth as a, um, you know, att- being able to attack off the dribble, his, his growth as a playmaker were just obvious. So the box score stuff is wild, but the actual like functional stuff he did in the game where it's like he was finally running pick and rolls. And even if he wasn't bringing the ball across half court and like getting into stuff, they were running like a quick down screen for him, getting him on the wing and then getting him in as a primary action saying, okay, get him on the wing. Let's run a play for him and have him make decisions. I thought early on there were some moments when Sharp was just taking bad shots, getting confused on his sort of shoot, his decision making when to take shots, when to pass. By the end of that 10-game stretch, much, much smarter playmaker has, has just how to get into the paint and make decisions out of it, um, when to get into his shots, when to attack, when not to attack, which speed to play with. Like, he doesn't have that—I thought he was going to have, like, 120-mile-an-hour gear. Like, I thought he was going to be able to, like, shift it into, like, sixth gear and be like, oh— 
Not a lot of dudes have that. He doesn't. Um, this is like, you know, I'm watching AAU YouTube videos. He doesn't really. But he has a an ability to shift from slow to fast to slow to fast. That is that is really special. And his ability to slow down, particularly that deceleration, got a lot better as he got it as he got deeper into the season. And ability to make decisions while decelerating. Before he would decelerate and his feet would get messed up, or he wasn't shot ready because he's thinking too much. When he had the ball in his hands at the end of the year, he took real strides. There is some just sort of like messiness in these end of the season games where it's like yeah remember when Brandon Williams had back-to-back like 27 point games or whatever it was for the Blazers when they were tanking it's like a lot of dudes you give them the ball in their hands they can go score um I don't think that's the case with Shaden he's probably not this 24-4 and 6 on a team that wins at a high level but you saw it. You saw how special he could be. You saw those little glimpses. It was there all season long with the athleticism and the and the and the sort of the slashing ability as a cutter and the the lobs and the getting out in transition and chasing down people with crazy blocks and like you know his block highlight package is wild. He has so many where he just gets up to like 13 feet, swats one on the glass or catches someone or chases them down and catches it at the square like. He has the highlights, and then he started to put it together with some more functional stuff at the end of the year, and you could see that you could see it evolving. What I want to talk about to close the show is first what I thought he would be to where he ended up being, and then what I think he can be next. That's what we'll do to close the show. But first, let me tell you all about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play Prize Picks on the app. Uh, Downloaded in the download on my phone. Played on the app. I play. I play the NBA. I play basketball. Play NBA. So I'm picking things like points, rebounds, assists, and steals. And each, how it works is you pick an entry, two and six players in that entry, and then you pick over or under those projections and those statistical categories I just mentioned. Like I said, I use the app, but you can go to PricePicks.com, and any way you do it, you're gonna get safe and fast withdrawals. You can play whatever sports you want. You're not playing against the field. You're just playing against the projections set by prize picks so why not go check it out and when you do if you're a first-time user download it on pricepicks.com or wherever you download mobile apps when you're signing up use that promo code locked on to get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred bucks so it means you put in a hundred bucks they'll put in they'll match you a hundred bucks you put in 50 bucks they'll match you 50 bucks so go take advantage today pricepicks.com or download the app and make sure you use that promo code when you do it all right Let's let's talk about what I thought Shaden Sharp would be. Uh, the reason I do these inter- these um, season reviews is one, I think it's a good way to look back and have fun a little bit with the season, um, particularly when the Blazers have missed in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, um, weren't there some high points? Yeah, there were. Shaden Sharp was un- un- undeniably a high point. But the other one of the other reasons I do it is because it's good. It's a good way to look back on our perception way back when. I do season previews to have little player capsules for every every player on the roster heading into training camp and before training camp and before even preseason starts. So like before I've seen these dudes dribble and for in Shaden Sharp's case because he didn't play Summer League, I basically had seen him play some YouTube highlight games. Like I'd watched, it's not like I was watching film. I was like watching his highlights on YouTube. He was very fun and I was excited about him. So way back when, way back in December, I recorded... Uh, I recorded a show, and I was previewing 
Shaden Sharp's what I thought his season would be with best and worst case scenarios. And the best case scenario is within reason and the worst case scenario is without injury. So I want to play you now what Michael from the past predicted Shaden Sharp would be back in September and then we'll see how close I got and we'll spin it forward to look what Shaden Sharp can be based on what we thought he was way back in September. Here's what Michael from the past had to say. What's the best case scenario within reason for Shane Sharp? Is that he's too good to watch. He's too good to sit on the bench and be a spectator. The best case scenario for Shaden Sharp is that the highlights you saw from AAU or you've, you've seen on, on, on the internet from his AAU days, the step back shooting, the just effortless hops and athleticism, the length and the creativity, get his own shot off and get to the rim that it translates to the pros. The, the best case scenario is that Shaden Sharp is ready and that unlike many other 19-year-olds who have entered the league before him, Shaden Sharp doesn't need more seasoning. He doesn't need more help. He's ready to lift off. There have been, there have been you know, teenagers who have been very, very good in the league and the best case for scenario for Shaden Sharp is that he joins a select group of teenagers who enter the NBA ready to compete against NBA level players. The best case scenario for Shaden Sharp is that he is an NBA small forward. In November and December, early on in the season, the best case scenario for Shaden Sharp is that his skills are so obvious and so valuable that the Portland's already somewhat uh, confusing logjam at that 2-3 spot gets even more confusing. The best case scenario for Shaden Sharp is that Chauncey Billups looks down the bench and says, well, I got to find minutes for Josh Hart and I got to find minutes for Gary Payton the second. I got to find minutes for Shaden Sharp. He looks down the bench and he has this conundrum. I got to find minutes for Nazir Little. I got, you know, it's the best case scenario is that Justice Winslow finds himself watching Shaden Sharp as opposed to Shaden Sharp watching Justice Winslow. Those two aren't exactly comparable, but they're likely the back end of that rotation, number nine or number 10 or eight or nine in the rotation, that it makes things confusing. The best case for Shaden Sharp is that this dude who was so dominant that he was ready to make the leap and skip his final year of high school, this guy who bet on himself and said, I do not need to play college basketball. I'll still be a lottery pick. The best case scenario was that he's right. He's right. And the gamble on himself, the bet that he's ready and his skill set, the obvious physical gifts that he has with his length and the athleticism and the shooting ability and the shot creation are all ready to go. The worst case scenario is just the simple truth that he's not ready. I don't think it's a big deal if someone who doesn't turn 20 years old until May of his first season in the pros would be not ready to contribute to basketball, a high-level basketball. I don't think it's a problem if Shaden Sharp's skills are impressive but not refined and he is too raw to be an NBA rotation player as a teen. The worst case scenario is much simpler, much narrower, and much more basic is that he can't be part of the plan because he's not ready. It would be no reason to freak out or no reason to condemn the draft pick or any of those things. It would just be the simple truth. The worst case scenario is that Shaden Sharp is a contributor in year two after being a spectator in year one. Thank you, Michael, from the past. And as you can hear, I think Shaden Sharp mostly hit the best case scenarios, as you can hear, as you heard. You heard that one in the past. I think he mostly hit his best case scenarios. Uh, he was, he wasn't maybe like 
a day one NBA rotation player. In fact, for the most part, for the first half of the season, Shane Sharp was a net negative. Like let's 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 keep it let's keep it as honest as we can. He was 19. He struggled with some stuff. He was there were nights when he was not super super aggressive and super super effective. Um, he was really bad on defense to begin his career in the ways that you expect 19 year olds to struggle. But when he got going, and he really, he really kind of figured it out late January and February. Like it took him a little longer than maybe true, true, true best case scenario. You will note that I didn't call best case scenario him winning rookie of the year because your boy keeps it within reason. I knew there weren't enough minutes for him to win rookie of the year. It's it's a minutes crunch. I'm not even 100% sure Shane Sharp makes an all rookie team. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a really good basketball player, regardless of 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 how it works out. It's like your situation matters. Um, I, I'm not sure it, if he gets rookie accolades, it'll, uh, I, I know it won't impact his career, but like, um, I'm not sure he'll earn those. And I'm still very, very high on his future. He hit the, he hit, he, he obviously the pendulum swing way, way, way more towards the, uh, towards his best case scenario, because frankly, Sharp by the end of the year looked very, very special, but the best case scenario wasn't for Sharp in September. Can he score 25? Can he average like 25, 5, and 5 on a team that loses by 30? <laughs> like, that's, he wasn't on one of those teams, right? Like, that wasn't the goal for him. That's, that's where most other rookies end up, right? Is like, hey, we're going to be bad. We're going to, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be struggle all year. We're going to be like well below 500 with no expectations. There's tons of minutes for you, Jaden Ivey. Like, go get it. That type of thing. Uh, I don't know what Jaden Ivey, I was trying to throw shade at Jaden Ivey, but that's like, typically that's who drafts in the lottery, right? The Blazers weren't that. They kind of said, okay, we're going to be a, we're going to be a playoff team. And then it was like, no, we're not. And then they, when they really pulled the plug, there was all these minutes for him. Sharp just like straight up wasn't earning those minutes um, for a variety of reasons early on. Cause he struggled. And then by the end of the year, because John C. Billups just wasn't ready to let go of his veterans less mistakes type of lineups and maybe he should have been leaning into more more sharp towards the end of the season sharp hit his hit his best case scenario right like he hit it or he was he got to 90 percent of it 80 88 percent of it whatever it is like he was up there he was up towards his best case scenario the question for me and i like and going back listening back to this as i put this together it was like i was what I was placing it at was whether he could be like an effective NBA player early on. And he was first 11 games, pretty good. Had a big struggle that was, that was coincided with a broken finger. And then, you know, he got going, but even when he was like, okay, this, this dude can play, he was averaging like, you know, nine a game or whatever it was eight and a half. He's an NBA player. I think he's a good NBA player. I think he has an opportunity to be a, very, very good NBA player. Maybe a great one. The question that I want to answer or attempt to answer or at least unpack, it's probably the right way to say it, is when. And what does that when mean for the Blazers and Shaden Sharp? At some point soon, Shaden Sharp is going to be a good NBA player. At some point, shortly after that, he's going to be a really good NBA player. When matters for the Portland Trailblazers. 
or it matters depending on the decisions they make this summer. Let's talk about all of that to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Built Bars. I've been eating Built Bars for a long time. I like them because they're covered in 100% dark chocolate, taste great, give you a little boost to your blood sugar, but they only got 4 grams of sugar, 130 calories, and 17 grams of protein. So while they taste great and give you that little sort of sweet boost if you're looking for a snack, they got fuel you can use. So if you got stuff to do or if you just are reaching in the pantry and there's plenty of other things that are going to load you up on calories and not sort of fuel your brain and fuel your body, why not grab a Bill Bar, a snack that packs a punch, and can be just a way better alternative to all those terrible other things that might be in in your cupboards. Personally, peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream are my go-tos, and right now, you can go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order, or if you want to buy these in stores... Brick and mortar style, Sam's Clubs and Walmarts across the country carry built bars now. So go buy a four box, find out what you like, go back to Sam's Club after that. Get yourself the 13 box, the big, the 13 bar box, the big box. Once you know what you like, make sure you stay stocked on them. That's built.com or check out built bars in stores where they are sold. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Shane Sharp's going to be good, and I think he's going to be good soon. Like, soon. The question is not whether he is good. It's whether he's good enough in time. He's 19 years old. He'll be 20 when the season starts next year. There are a lot of... There are a lot of examples of very good young players with non-linear draft, uh, non-linear progression. Just because you are really good does not mean it is a straight line to being really, really great. Not everybody's graph goes like this. This The development curve is indeed a curve that ebbs, flows back and forth. You might generally get better positively, but there's going to be there's going to be times and maybe even stretches of seasons when you aren't that. I don't expect Shaden Sharp to hit the ground running as an all-star next season. He's 20 years old. Look at, say, Scotty Barnes in Toronto. I think Scotty Barnes is going to be a really freaking good player. There were times in, in his second season with the Raptors this year when he was a really freaking good player. And there was times when he looked like a 20-year-old who was kind of, a, kind of struggling out there. Not the answer, not the point guard, not a shooter, not, like, not the defender that you thought he was going to be. And he was awesome, awesome as a rookie, like really far ahead in terms of or in terms of positive impact. It's just it's it is development is non-linear and non-guaranteed. I think Shane Sharp's going to be really stinking good. The question is if the Blazers have a team that has say win a playoff series aspirations. I think saying championship aspirations is like kind of just like totally just lying about what's reasonable to get done in an offseason. But say they build a team that you could look at and say, this is one of the four best teams in the West, the four or five best teams in the West. They absolutely, if they get a playoff series, they, they can beat XX next. Like, I know they can beat these these th- three, four teams, right? It's hard to, it's going to be hard to do that regardless, but let's say they do. Is relying on a 20-year-old as your day one starter at shooting guard realistic? Probably not in my eyes. 
Probably not. And some of you are so mad. <laughs> you could tell me that. That's fine. Uh, I just think a realistic role for Shane Sharp in his second season is is big minutes, right? It's 24 plus, 26 plus, 28 plus, like 30, right? Like I'd, lo- I'd love to... I'd love to see him night one play 27 minutes, and by the end of the year he plays 34, right? Like, but but real minutes right away. Like, I, I don't want him to play certainly not less, and certainly not the same role he played this year where it was like 15 to 19, right? Like, I I want him to up. Uh, I want those shifts to be longer. I want him to play half the game, like period, regardless. Real rotation player, top seven guy, right? I think he's good enough to be a top seven guy on a, on a good team. But because he, the way the, because his best minutes came in a role that he's not going to have, and because some of his struggles defensively will be the problem that this team struggles with if they're going to build around Damian Lillard, I think it's reasonable to say, like, for me, my expectation is that Shaden Sharp might not be ready to be the starter on a team that wins a playoff series in October, November, December, but by the time you get to February and March, and he might have made the... Because non-linear right like it's non-linear non-guaranteed he might like look not struggle a little bit or or come out really hot and then fall back and all these things like but i expect because generally the graph goes up with good players by the end of the season by the end of year two that you could be like heading into the playoffs oh yeah that he's ready like he's ready to go that doesn't mean he'll be ready to go in october i wouldn't i would not build a roster in which he has to be 34 minutes starting shooting guard age 20 and say, okay, we're going to win in the playoffs. And I think that gets the, the the real meat of this. I think Shane Sharp might be a, like, I am not going to sit. I'm not like, I'll, shout out to my homie, Brandon Sprague. I'm not sitting. I'm not going to compare Shane Sharp to Kobe Bryant or one of the, you know, top five players in, at his position of all time. I think that's silly. And I think it's quite frankly, um, unfair to Shaden Sharp to heap the expectations. This dude's going to be one of the 10 best players in the NBA. That's a select group. There are a lot of really high-end, multi-all-star outcomes where Shaden Sharp doesn't sniff one of the 10 best players in the league. It's, it's a very rare air. But I think he's going to be really good. Like, I think he can be a two-way positive contributor, Early early twenties, very good player set up for ten extremely good years in the league, right? Like I, I think he's going to be really good. But if the Blazers want to be as good as they possibly can with Damian Lillard next season, do they have patience for Shaden if he isn't? If it takes him till March and April and May to get ready, May would be like deep into the playoffs but let's call it february march to get ready if he if his jump happens you know okay he's figured it out do they do they have the minutes to carve out for him to be patient with him do they have all of those things right like if he doesn't hit the ground running which would be a very normal outcome for a 20 year old in the league that's like hey i put a bunch of work in i'm better this summer let's see i don't know that shaden sharp if if there were big minutes, if this team is not very good, right? If they go the other way and they go young, I think you can carve out big minutes for Shaden Sharp, accelerate his growth, and he can get there faster, faster. With a smaller role, a smaller ask, um, uh, like perhaps the perhaps the development is a little bit slower, and that might be to the de- detriment of both teams. The Blazers are in this spot where they have to pick a pick a lane. 
Can Shaden Sharp be part of both? Absolutely. Absolutely he could be part of both lanes. Because you could put him in that seventh man role like I suggested, be patient with him, and when he's ready to take on, be a starting level player, and that might happen really quickly, put him in that starting lineup and go. But it's hard to do both. It is hard to create developmental minutes in a developmental lane, a developmental role for Shaden Sharp that prioritizes what he is good at as well as pursue the level of winning that you need to have right away. Like, look at the look at the West. It's so tight. If you punt games early, you're going to be in trouble. Like, it's really hard to... It was really hard to get, you know, even out of the play-in this year, one of those top six seeds, much less, um, you know, much less home court advantage in the opening round of the playoffs. Like, if you're going to be a team that wins, you got to be it right away. You don't really have patience. If the Blazers pick a path... I think Shaden Sharp can be part of both paths, but the way to maximize what he can be the quickest is to is to rebuild, is to trade Damian Lillard, is to is to prioritize Sharp's minutes, is to is to kind of turn the keys over to him and Amphrey Simons and and move on from there. You don't need to do that. You, like I said, you can follow the Damian Lillard more veteran timeline, but you are you probably need to have Sharp play a lesser role if you're going to be that aggressive and trying to win right away. And because he plays a lesser role, there's less minutes for him to kind of blossom and figure it out. They're in a tricky spot. The question is how quickly. Also, other question is, what does Shaden Sharp do this summer? He is a supremely talented young man. But the difference in the good players and the great players is this sort of maniacal commitment to improvement. Some guys figure it out in year one. Some guys figure it out in year three and four. Say, oh, I thought I was working hard. Okay, now this is what it looks like. I'm fascinated to see what Shane Sharp does this summer, what he comes back as. He has a very high ceiling, like a multi-all-star type of ceiling. But the timeline that the franchise picks this summer will help determine when and where and perhaps if he reaches it. He can be part of whatever timeline they choose. There's just one that prioritizes him and gets him there f- perhaps faster, but might be a cycle of three-plus losing seasons because if you go young, you can be a really good 20-year-old and lose a bunch of games in the league. It's just kind of how it happens. You can even get back to the middle relatively quickly, but like to get back from, okay, we're bad, cycle down for two seasons, we're bad, okay, now we're pretty good, okay, now we're like competitive in the playoffs, you're back to the middle. The middle is easier to get to in the league than I think we give, I think we all, maybe not, we don't give it credit. I think some, many folks recognize it's easy to get to the middle. It's that step. Bad to, bad to decent is easy. Decent to good is really hard. It's really hard. There's a lot of decent teams in the league. That next step is really hard. And the how they prioritize Shaden Sharp's growth might whether wh- how they choose to pursue this summer with Damian Lillard's preference to get a veteran help and go for it. Hell, they might have to trade Shaden Sharp to do that, right? They don't have to, but let's but let's assume that he's on the roster. You might be choosing to delay how uh, delay using deploying a special player in favor of chasing down wins in October. And I think that would be okay, but it will come at Shaden's detriment. I think Sharp's going to be really good. And if he sort of accelerates the timeline and the soon really good is November 1st of 2023, right? 
Second week of the season, he he drops you know thirty four in Cleveland, and you're like, he's ready. Get out of his way. Then it changes everything about this team. Changes everything about this team. You're, the, the 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 conversation changes. I don't think they're going to run back the roster next year. So it's like I'm not even discussing that aspect. They're going to change things. They're going to change things. They're either going to change things and really commit to winning, or they're going to change things and really commit to youth. And Sharp is at the center of that choice. How good do they think he can be? And what's realistic? Like I said, there's so many positive outcomes for Shaden Sharp in which he is not one of the 10 best players in the NBA. But his peak is his peak is very high. If he were to touch the ceiling, like his just sort of raw skills, shooting, ball handling, crazy athleticism, uh, some defensive playmaking chops as a shot blocker and someone who can get into the passing lanes. He's really strong already as a teenager. Like he's he has some tools to be a very special player. The question is when and whether that when can line up with the Blazers' preference of when. That's going to do it for this episode. Got a really fun one for you tomorrow. Howard Beck, longtime NBA reporter, veteran NBA reporter, now writing for GQ, is going to join the program. We're going to talk about the Blazers' offseason. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Later this week, we'll continue with our player review, season review series. We'll, we'll talk about Yusuf Nurkic. We'll talk about Avery Simons. We'll continue to look back at the season and then look ahead to what's next. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.